0: podcast.
1: All right, we're back with another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. Today, we've got Alex Tran, who is a client outcomes manager at Gainsight and excited to talk through a few things related to customer journey, uh, kind of tech touch strategy, potentially looking at some of the transition points with customers. But uh, Alex, to welcome you on, i like to think about maybe some interesting questions to ask. And so uh, the first one I've got for you is, uh, it looks like it's probably just, just before lunchtime, California time. So what have you eaten so far today?
0: thanks jeff for having me on the podcast uh, i have to think back even though it was only a couple hours ago i i ate greek yogurt and oatmeal kind of a, oh, okay. all together kind of a weird combination but <laughs> it, it works for me i try to try to stay healthy in this quarantine and not to gain the COVID 15
1: yeah i like it uh yeah we, we depending on what time of day it is we, we get some uh, interesting and fun answers for that you know uh we've recorded podcasts at night so people are like oh i just ate a steak uh, some people are like, oh, no, you know, just had breakfast or ate a banana. Uh, some people say, hey, I just skipped lunch. Like, that was my meal. So, yeah, uh, I like it. I love it. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Greek yogurt fan as well. Uh, but we didn't come here to talk about Greek yogurt. We, let's, uh, let's talk about maybe how we, we prompted this. Um, so, one of the things that we've been trying to do is just pull up um, really awesome, interesting conversations and threads that are happening on Gain, Grow, Attain. And um, you've actually posted a number of them, but I pulled out one that was just geared towards the, the engagement model and the customer journey that you guys have developed at Gainsight around your tech touch model. Um, and I love, There's like so much goodness in there. Like you had really good detailed map. Um, you had a bunch Mm -hmm. of good, just uh, points that you made in there. So maybe just tell us a little bit, like, how did that start? Like what, you know, what made you guys uh, kind of look at that tech touch and that customer journey and kind of uh, look to go maybe revamp that a little bit or just uh, update it.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'd be good to give some context to our listeners here. So for those of you who don't know what Gainsight is, Gainsight is the, the customer success company. So we have, um, and this will all tie together. Uh, we have two products. One is uh, Gainsight CS, which helps customer success organizations maintain uh, and manage their accounts, um, take action on CTAs, etc. Our other product is called Gainside PX. That's a product experience platform where it has product analytics and uh, in-app messaging for customers um, in product. So really, um, we wanted to somehow combine both products together to... Um, tackle this tech touch uh, challenge so gainsight has historically never had a tech touch model um, and a lot of companies actually don't um, as I found out through the community um, so this is something that is just recently launched um, but we wanted to both combine both gainsight CS and PX together and we wanted to use both products um, to guide customers along in their customer journey and to empower our CSMs to take action on those uh, emerging smaller accounts um, so the idea really uh, really came when we were almost uh, had limited bandwidth, and obviously that's a that's a challenge for a lot of SaaS companies. We had limited bandwidth, and we wanted a way to scale up customer success. So we went ahead with the idea of Tech TechTouch. Um, my manager, um, who's kind of like the management sponsor, uh, pitched the idea to our CEO, and he he really loved it. Um, they did some fancy financial analysis and said, okay, maybe if we lose X percent of these customers, then it won't make that big of a difference. So we got the go ahead from the executive level and um, we just started pressing on, created a roadmap and created some key plays and moments of truths in the customer cycle. So it officially, yes, and officially launched uh, last week um, and communications went out to our customers.
1: Nice. That's awesome. And um, I like the way, you know, that you were thinking about that too, because I guess the big question is that you've got, more than just human capital at your disposal, right? You've got Mm -hmm. uh, kind of email and traditional methods. It sounds like you've got some product analytics and product messaging, which can help guide the user as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like when you were, you know, when you were looking at this, uh, I guess, was it hard not to try and intervene with like, uh, in the customer journey, like hard not to intervene with kind of human uh, connection or human, you know, touches that here and there, Was it kind of hard to, I guess, reimagine just everything uh, built into kind of technologies and thinking about the way that that would uh, kind of go along, you know, an actual journey.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Uh, I don't think so. Um, we wanted, well, first of all, we wanted to have like a one-stop shop for all of our customers in general, um, not just our TechHutch customers, but all customers to have a one-stop shop to, to, to go to, such as a support center, um, knowledge base, uh, customer support, um, et cetera. So we, we already had that established and we wanted to add more content to it. So it was basically dr- helping drive those uh, lower ARR customers to that one-stop shop to really empower themselves um, instead of relying on a CSM. And um, one thing that my manager did was she reached out to some other of our Gainsight customers who have implemented TechTouch and just got their feedback. And the common theme was that it didn't make that much of a difference to customers. The best At, at, the, at best, the response was neutral. Um, so we took that feedback and then we thought, oh, okay, maybe our customers will think that, that this change would be neutral. Um, so that's where we felt like, it was safe to take that and, and and run with it knowing that out of all the evidence there the, the change might not be like that drastic to our customers
1: yeah um yeah and i like the point too right there's the support side of things there's there's so many different ways to get content in front of the customer uh, mm-hmm. there's uh, support and there's knowledge base there's also like other social channels that you can get into now. Like there's, there's things outside of just our product, right? Like how can I just help them be better at their job? And so if we're producing the right content for our customers, then like, hopefully it's easy for us to kind of implement steps where we can introduce that information, um, and in just different methods, different ways, mm-hmm. um, and different channels that they can engage with that. Um, yeah. how did, as you went and kind of put that together, how did you, you know, that customer journey and just looking at kind of the end to end, like what is this experience really going to look like? Kind of what were all your inputs that you went to go get? Um, you know, did you have to go get customer, um, feedback in terms mm-hmm. of, Uh, you know, asking them like what, what type of experience they would want. Did you have to go kind of across department internally at Gainsight to, you know, figure out uh, like how you Mm -hmm. helped kind of shape it from other people's perspectives? Did you use actual kind of data numbers? Like how did you kind of bring that whole thing together um, in terms of that, maybe that perspective that ended up being the the customer journey that you guys are operating on today?
0: Yeah. A lot of the ideas actually stem from the, the gain, grow, retain community. Um, (laughs) So thank you for having an influence on that. I would say that the main takeaway I got was that you cannot be fully digital or fully tech touch. There has to be some human element to it. So we had to kind of get through that um, hurdle or mental barrier that this has to be completely digital. Um, so we kind of went with the approach of there's going to be some human contact and there's going to be mostly digital contact. Um, so our organization is split up really high level into sales. And then we have a professional service team, which does onboarding and then customer success after. Um, the the key plays with onboarding pretty much remain the same, but afterwards um, what we did was we have, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically we wanted to have a, like a digital outreach pretty frequently to replace monthly calls with our customers. So I was talking with these um, tech the, these lower ARR customers every month, but we wanted to find a way to replace that. So I came up with the idea of having maybe a regular email um, that will add some sort of value to them, like a business value or maybe best practices or tips, something like that, that will keep the product on top of mind. Because we all know that if you don't have any touch with your customers, they'll most likely be disengaged. So there's that. Um, So we have monthly, we call it like EBR emails that give them a high level snapshot of their business and their product analytics. Um, and then we have quarterly in-app NPS surveys. So those get sent out every quarter and um, it, it will trigger a CTA when um, people answer a promoter or a passive or a detractor. Um, and then we wanted to have some human interaction with it. So we have executive check-ins twice a year um, just to make sure that customers do feel the love as well. Um, so to answer your question, um, I, I did not go to other departments. It was mainly, we, we really were trailblazing this and we didn't have, that much input from other uh, departments or teams as well. So, love, thanks to the community, we got a lot of ideas from it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, and I did not pay you to say that, which is also nice. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, that's good. And it, it's, um, you know, in some cases, like you said, like you're able to control kind of the, the experience. Um, and so, there wasn't necessarily a huge need, I think, to your point, to have to go out and, you know, convince other organizations to kind of hop on board. Um, because I think the other thing that hopefully this does then is, is actually open up some opportunities to think about, hey, what are you learning? with your strategy uh, kind of in this customer success realm. And like, are there things that we can be doing in in sales? Are there things that we can be doing in uh, implementation, onboarding or professional services? Like how can we essentially adopt some of these um, cadences that you have in other parts of the business? And hopefully that to your point, like if you're trailblazing it in kind of uh, customer success, then hopefully it starts to resonate in other areas where they'll kind of want to pick out and pull some of the best things that you're doing and say, Hey, we can actually adopt that and and start to implement some of those things um, in other parts of the organization as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah, well, we one of our goals, it was to be a thought leader in the digital led slash tech touch space. So we we really were just kind of firm and confident in this approach. And um, what we're going to do is just post a lot of blogs afterwards and really inform the greater CS community of of what we're doing. Yeah, that's great.
1: Um, How do you, you know, uh, kind of taking a step back for a minute too, and thinking about, you know, how you've gone to implement this? uh, Mm -hmm. Like, what are some of the what are some of the the roadblocks or the, you know, some of the potholes maybe um, that you've come across in terms of just trying to get this uh, implemented in terms of just the the cadence, uh, you know, getting some of the digital touches set up. Like what have you learned that maybe you can pass along to some of our listeners that will be helpful for them to kind of avoid those roadblocks or avoid the pitfalls that you've kind of gone through right now? Is there anything that sticks out?
0: Yeah, I I would say it's more on the technical side, Um, just configurations and and things along those lines. Um, Like for example, we, literally our product team literally had to build like a widget in our product where customers can go to and when they submit a question if it's like a best practice question then it creates like a cta on the game side side for me to take action on so some that, that's like one example of a technical challenge that we had so it took about a couple months for us to build that out and you know working with product teams they have their own roadmap and other priorities so um definitely it's uh, back and forth uh, be- between working with customer success and, and product. Um, and then I think the other roadblock was just, um, is this going to work? Like just the thought, like not many companies have done this before and we're honestly not sure if this will work. So really we were just, my, our approach is just have a bias towards action and just do it. And Hey, if it, it fails, then you learn something. If not, then, um, great. So, um, let me see if there's some others um, yeah I, I would say those technical technical challenges and also just getting over the mental barrier that you have to get it perfect um, yeah. because it's not going to be perfect no company who starts any initiative or a new model is ever going to have it right so
1: yeah yeah no I think that's true we, we've learned that in our business as well uh, in our community if you've, you' know I know you've been a, a part of gang growth so um, I'm sure you've, you've certainly seen some of the, the uh, faults that we've had and we, we generally uh-huh. just try uh, you know, embrace them, provide some authenticity, like, hey, we're not gonna get this perfect every time. Um, and generally, people, you know, people are uh, accepting of that. Yeah, uh, totally. As you, as you thought about the kind of the technology, um, and the how you're implementing some of the, the communications, have you been able to maybe add your kind of personal touches to those still? Like, do you feel like you're able to kind of add your own personality into, into some of those communications to make it feel um, I think, like you said, right, like to make it feel like they still have some, you know, still some love there for the customer. Like it's still a little, little mm-hmm. personal and what they're doing, Do you feel like you've been able to kind of implement some of those things as well. It uh, just, in the, in the mm-hmm. way that you kind of tone and write those emails, like how did that, did you have to partner with marketing on any of those communications or, or were you able to kind of own those um, outright as well?
0: Yeah. Well, there's two main communications that we've done so far in this week Uh, one is just announcing to our customers that hey we're gonna switch to a new model so that communication came from my director Um, so really the verbiage behind that was you're not going to go to your client outcomes manager anymore instead you'll have this one-stop shop Um, and the response of that was pretty much neutral or no response at all which was exactly what we wanted um, I don't think any customer would be like, "Woo, that's awesome. No CSM for me to reach out to. Um, and then um, what was your, <laughs> can you rephrase your question, Jeff? I totally lost.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. No, it was just around the, you know, trying to, to figure out if you've been able to kind of implement some of your personal touches, just feel like you've mm-hmm. been able to kind of add some of your personal, um, just your own authenticity into, into some of those emails and feel like you can actually own that part of the conversation with the customer. Um, yeah. or, did you, or did you really have to partner with marketing on, on some of those things? Um and, yeah. and kind of make it a little feel a little bit I guess more like it's coming from uh, corporate and in, in gainsight rather than it's coming from an individual person I'm just curious how you kind of strike strike that balance between the two yeah
0: yeah we we did not work with marketing at all it was all siloed within the CS our CS team so that initial communication came from my director um, obviously she's in our CS department and then uh, we have bi-monthly EBR emails, so that actually has some personal touch to it. So th- it's a semi-automated email that Gainsight generates. So basically, not without getting too technical, it pulls graphs and data um, from the customers, such as product analytics and just how their business is, is doing overall. Um, so it pulls that in automatically. But then there's room in the email for me to add some personal touch, like Hey, these from what I know, these were your use cases, and these are my recommendations. Um, and so the email itself is not automatic; It's not automatic. It doesn't go out automatically every two months. It I actually have to, like, click the send. Write, button, Yeah, hit the send <laughs> button, make edits to it, and add my own personality.
1: That's awesome. Well, and I think that's the to me that's kind of the best of both worlds, right? Because it's yeah. like, um, you know, you're making it more personal, yet you're using technology to your advantage, right? You're automating the the data piece, um, and then you're able to do some analysis, and then you're able to add some personal touches, and so. Uh, you're just kind of cutting out maybe the inefficient parts of, of how you'd have to go pull data and do some of the kind of the, the manual backend things. Um, and that's like the beauty of it because I think generally what I think the consensus and tends to be, right, is everyone now can pretty much tell when an, when an email is automated. Mm-hmm, uh, totally. Like, it, it's just, you know, it's nature. Everyone knows it now. Um, and so the more that you can do to um, add in, I think those personal touches, like I think you're going to go, it's going to go a long way. And so I like the idea that what you're saying, which is uh, basically how do you draft an email? And then, you know, I can go edit it before I press send. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's, I actually had a workflow for anyone who joined Game gain, gain, grow, retain, Um, And anyone who joined our newsletter back in the day, I would, um, I I triggered a Zapier um, and it would go to my Gmail and instead of sending the email, it would actually just um, draft it. And then I would be able to go look at maybe your LinkedIn page or go look at something, you know, and just say, Hey, you know, saw that you did this, it's really cool. Saw that, you know, you know, we did this Uh, and it just helps to start the conversation off on the right foot because people, I still think knew that I had, you know, technology working for me in the back end, but it just allowed me to actually start the relationship off on a really good foot to say, Hey like maybe we have something in common or maybe I can mention something about where you live and it just gives mm. you a little bit better of a feeling rather than like, Hey, I'm just a number, I'm a number in the wheel. And, and it just got triggered, you know, based off of me signing up. So uh, yeah. that's a, that's one of the, one experience I had as well.
0: Yeah. I actually really love those workflow emails that you you sent out. Um, even, even the uh, automated ones, because I can tell that this doesn't sound like a corporate email. It sounds <laughs> like, Oh, it has Jeff's personality in it. This is, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So definitely oh, uh, one of our, uh, one of our values at Gainsight is being human first, which means you bring your whole self to work, including your personality. Um, and so we we always love to just be ourselves and add some personality to our communications, to our day-to-day, how we interact with others. And and so customers really value that. Like they they see Gainsight as not only a great software company, but a company that truly cares about people and people are free to be themselves. And it really attracts other people. It attracts customers, it attracts prospects, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's the whole idea of, you know, we are in the B2B space. It's business mm-hmm. to business, but really it's human, hu- human to human, right? Like we're still connecting yep. um, with another person on the other line and, and we have to actually strike a relationship. And there's a way that we kind of have to go about doing that. Um, it has to feel personal and we actually have to kind of bring that authenticity into it. Yep. Um, well, uh, one, one interesting kind of uh, topic that I think uh, is is kind of circumvented in this or around this um, in some way is um, we were just talking with a, a number of different CSMs around the topic of um, onboarding and just Mm -hmm. the, how do you kind of keep relationships established as you onboard? And uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get tactical about uh, like how, what are some of the things you do? Like we heard about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, introducing success plans and trying to keep those top of mind. Uh, We heard, you know, researching your executive stakeholder on on LinkedIn before you go into a call and try and, you know, bring up some of those um, personal anecdotes, you know, as you're doing that. And so I know you're, you're, your workflow might be a little different in your, your segment of the business. But I'm curious if you've, over the years, um, I know you've got a ton of experience kind of in, in customer success and account mm-hmm. management. Um, I wonder, wonder if you've got any tactics or things you think about as kind of that transition happens um, from sales to customer success. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we might be going through onboarding, but we're trying to keep our executive sponsor engaged. We're trying to keep our conversations strategic. Uh, I don't know, has anything come to mind for you as, as how to do that and how to uh, kind of keep them engaged during that, that cycle of time?
0: All of my customers have always been engaged. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> joking. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, that's the key question in customer success and just SaaS in general, just the transition points. Um, yeah, fortunately, I, I've, I've worked in both sales and also post sales. Um, so I have a perspective on both. Um, but the main thing is just for alignment between the teams. And we have a, a value at Gainsight here called success for all, meaning literally success for all. I try to make other teams successful. So for example, um, when sale, I I used to do onboarding at Gainsight. So when deal closes, it goes to me. So for example, what we would do is after the deal closes, we set up a phone call with uh, the salesperson and literally just debrief everything. And we talk about what, why did they, what were their use cases? Why did they buy? What were their like challenges? Um, what did they look for in the product? even what are their personalities and their demeanors. So I know how to interact with these people, like, and who's the main admin, etc. So we go through a, all these lists of questions. And then when the actual kickoff call happens, um, both people are, are on the call and it's just a smooth transition. And there, there aren't any gaps. It's not just like, Hey, you're going to go an on onboarding. See ya. Thanks for your dollars. Um, but it's actually a human experience. Like hey, it's kind of like, when you're, you're meeting people for the first time and someone introduces you to someone, it's just like more natural than you just like going in cold. Um, and then on the sales side, I would say something that would help onboarding or CS teams is take, take notes and, (laughs) and, uh, don't, don't (laughs) don't just focus on like closing a deal, even though that is important, but really take notes because it really sets up the customer, um, up for success. Um, and when your teams are all aligned on what their challenges are, what their use cases and goals are that that would make a world of difference on.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, and I love the point you made too, about the, uh, I just wrote it down cause I liked it. Well, it's the personality piece. Uh, mm-hmm. you just asking the sales rep and getting their perspective on like, Hey, you've been interacting with them for a series of calls for, you know, sometimes what feels like months in terms of the sales cycle. And so like you probably mm-hmm. have some perspective as to, you know, uh, kind of how do they run in terms of hot and cold and like what you know yeah. are they kind of dry in terms of humor or are they not you know what what are the types of things they like like and I think if you get a couple of those things again like all that stuff can be used to your advantage when you're a CSM or when you're an implementation person because it's like hey now I've got a context as to like how to introduce this information rather than just coming in cold you know um, I think there's there's a lot of value in that um, mm-hmm. and I never think I don't, I don't know I never think about how we could get that into like a you know, internal transition document is like, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the uh, profiles or traits about these people that we can capture, um, and, and keep that information kind of flowing. Cause I think that'd be really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think, um, one, or, one other thing I, I do is just to get them, get to know them as a, as a person and as a human. So you mentioned looking them up on LinkedIn, definitely do that. Know who who's gonna be on the call, what are their roles importantly, but also just personal things. Like if you can find anything personal about them, like where they volunteered or maybe they started a new job, um, just ask them like, hey, how's your new job going? Or I, I saw, I, I was just doing some research and I noticed that, hey, you volunteer for Salvation Army. Um, that creates more of a human interaction. So it's not only B2B, but human to human. And those types of interactions are what lasts and makes a lasting impression, first impression.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all about, um, I mean, impressions, first impressions matter, um, I think, totally. a lot more than we think. And that really establishes, you know, if you fumble if you fumble the, the transition, if you fumble the onboarding, right, where, I mean, the customer's never gonna feel like they're really set up for success. So I think, um, those are all good, good points. Um, all right, Alex, as we, um, I want to get, you know, getting towards the end here, I want to make sure we give you um, an opportunity to get back into your, uh, your vacation time, actually, which is really nice for you. Um, yeah. But as you looked at the the process of just uh, kind of examining your, your tech touch strategy and kind of going about it, um, are there any metrics or, or key, you know, key KPIs that you're looking at right now that are, uh, hey, you know, you're, you're going to be reporting out on a regular basis. Is there anything that comes to top of mind for you that's like, hey, this is kind of our, um, you know, one key metric or two key metrics that we're looking at to see, hey, is this, you know, is this trending in the right direction or not?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, we do have four metrics that we're looking at right now. Um, one of them is retention rate. So we have we do have a percentage of that for our digital led slash tech touch segment. Um, number two is getting uh, all the team members to the right account ratios and not having burnout. Um, and then third thing is, support ticket deflection. So a decrease in the number of technical tickets over time. And then fourth is health score. And we we can go deep into this, but I'm just going to say health score. Um, <laughs> that's, an, that's another conversation. So four things, retention rate, account ratio, support ticket deflection, and health score.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's helpful. Because I think too, the, right? I mean, you need to have the, I think you mentioned this earlier, we need to have that perspective of like, what are we actually trying to accomplish? What are we actually trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by setting this up in order to see if it's going to be successful or not. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, we always like to try and end um, with something very tangible. So, you know, if I am listening to this and and Tech Touch sounds like you know something I need to go implement at my company, like what are the we'll say like what are the first two things that you would go do if you were uh, kind of restarting this process at a different company um, and you know had to kind of start from where you were? Like, what are the the first two things that you go to do to to start mapping this out and kind of getting a, a picture of what this could look like?
0: I would say do your research. It's like if you're starting a company, do your research and understand how other team members are feeling. For example, like if they're mentioning burnout a lot, or they're saying, "This is a lot of work, then hey, maybe Tech Touch is good. And so you have those data points, and then you can go to management and say, like, "Hey, I want to start Tech Touch, but actually have a plan for it too like, doesn't have to be perfect, but draft up an initial plan like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about the customer life cycle. These are the KPIs that I'm going to be measuring. And these are the people I'm going to reach out to outside of the company to get their perspective. How does that sound? And so I, I would just start with that, pitch that to to management, and then they can potentially pitch it to the senior executive team. And um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I, I think having a bias towards action is so key. You don't know if you're going to get a yes or a no unless you try.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing I would add in there, too, is um, even potentially just trying to do it on a a small segment of customers to begin with, uh, Mm -hmm. if you need if you need to build out a bigger use case. But I think um, what we've tried to do with some some of our clients, um, for instance, like we took uh, in some of our consulting work, we took uh, basically a cohort of 200 customers and uh, we kind of changed the model. Uh, and the way that we interacted with them, we said, sort of, okay, we're going to do this for three months. Here's the 200 customers. And then we're going to measure and see uh, if we can create a better business case to go present, you know, that to our executive team. Uh, and so that happened. And then what mm-hmm. ended up happening is that they got the, the right buy-in they needed. They got the right budget in order to go do the things they wanted. And so I think that's another way to approach it too, is like, Um, You know, hey, you've got some different perspectives around the company, and maybe kind of just put together a cohort or a test um, that helps us prove out even just the early stages of how that would work, uh, Mm -hmm. just to show people it's not as scary as they think. Uh, So, that's another piece I'd add in there, too, that I think is, is a way to approach it as well. Awesome, Great. Alex. This has been fun. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, especially uh, on what you. sounds like you know on your your vacation time. Um, and so, really gracious for that. But also, really appreciate you and, and how much you've engaged in the community. Um, you've been consistently a top scorer of ours, just uh, always posting and uh, looking to learn. And I know uh, also looking to share. So uh, we always appreciate that. Just then you know, we're we're trying to grow a community here, which is uh, always beneficial for us. So uh, really appreciate that as well. So uh, Alex, thanks a lot. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again here soon.